Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We are continuing to discuss 2 Samuel in our morning Bible study. We are happy you are here to join us. Let's pray. God, I thank you for coming inside of our midst and just teaching us your word. And allowing us to understand from your perspective. And in Jesus, amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. And today we're going over 2 Samuel chapter 3. So let's get to the word, shall we? Who wants to volunteer to read uh, verses 1 through 21? I will. All right, Layla, go for it. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Sons were born to David in Hebron. His firstborn was Amnon by Ahinoam the Jezreelitess. His second, Kiliab by Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. The third, Absalom, the son of Maka, the daughter of Talmai, king of Jeshur. The fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith. The fifth, Sephtatiah, the son of Abital. And the sixth, Ithrim, by David's wife, Eglah. These were born to David in Hebron. Now it was so, while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, that Abner was strengthening his hold on the house of Saul. And Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. So Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? Then Abner became very angry at the words of Ishbosheth and said, Am I a dog's head that belongs to Judah? Today I show loyalty to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not delivered you into the hand of David. And you charge me today with the fault concerning this woman. May God do, yeah, may God do so to Abner, and more also, if I do not do for David as the Lord has sworn for him, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. Then Abner sent messengers on his behalf to David, saying, Whose is the land? Saying also, Make your covenant with me, and indeed my hand shall be with you to bring all Israel to you. And David said, Good, I will make a covenant with you. But one thing I require of you, you shall not see my face unless you first bring Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come to see my face. So David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Give me my wife Michael, whom I betrothed to myself for a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband, from Pathiel, the son of Laish. Then her husband went along with her to Beharim, weeping behind her. So Abner said to him, Go, return. And he returned. Now Abner had communicated with the elders of Israel, saying, In time past you were seeking for David to be king over you. Now then, do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and the hand of all their enemies. And Abner also spoke in the hearing of Benjamin. Then Abner also went to speak in the hearing of David and Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. 
So Abner and twenty men with him came to David at Hebron, and David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. Then Abner said to David, I will arise and go and gather all Israel to my lord the king, that they may make a covenant with you, and that you may reign over all that your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Thank you, Layla. That was mm-hmm. animated reading. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good. Okay. So we'll start with you guys. What did you get out of this? As in, what did the Holy Spirit reveal to you, or what questions or comments do you have? Uh, I kind of found it interesting that it reminded me of ourselves and how when we argue, you know, one person can be on one side of the other person, and then they're arguing with the one person who you're on the side tries to argue with you, you go to the other person's side because you really don't like them right now. You can see the same thing happening <laughs> with Abner. Once he got angry with Ishbosheth, that then he went to the other side, you know? Like he, to David? Yes. One version he's fighting against David. The next version, when he doesn't get his way, he goes over to David, mm-hmm. tries to crown him king. As you can I'd say that's double-minded. Hmm. He cannot clearly decide on a choice of action and what he's going to do. He's fickle. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting point. Anyone else? Thank you, honey. Yes, sir. Well, I was kind of confused by why Abner was trying to take Saul's concubine and set himself up as head and just have Ishbosheth as a puppet. But then... Ishbosheth started trying to get too smart, so Abner had to kick him to the curb. He wasn't a good puppet. And also, why David trusted Abner, I wouldn't have. Because he did everything in his power to make David's life difficult and to be in opposition and consciously be against him. And he never stood up for what was right. So... But David also had a habit of forgiving people and giving them second chances. Like with Saul, even though he hunted him in the mountains and chased him all over Israel, kingdom come, to get him, he still continued to offer Saul another chance instead of just going, well, because you try to pin me to the wall, I'm going to pin you to the wall now with your own sphere. And, you know, take that vengeful thinking that humans often do. Like, I've done that because, like, if you guys did something I didn't like, I was coming to eat your lunch. <laughs> okay. Not very forgiving. But David's not like that. He's working by the Spirit and God desires mercy. He said he saves mercy for thousands, for generations to come. And so that David is walking in that by giving him another chance instead of just going, You did this to me. You didn't do what I wanted. So now I'm not going to trust you just openly. But I'm out. I'm not saying he should have held it against Abner, but also have some wisdom and. I wouldn't expect somebody that's been a backstabber all this time to have my back when it really counted. Like, I wouldn't go to war with somebody that one day I caught them trying to sneak in my tent and stab me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want them to be like, hey, you, you cover my backside. No, I'd be like, you get in front of me. I'll use you as a shield. Well. <laughs> go ahead, honey. A lot there. It's also human perspective, right? Okay, yeah. so so you had a lot of points in there. We'll, we'll start with your one about the concubine. And being uh, Abner being accused, right? So yes. let's also look at the fact that yes, the concubine, while in natural human terms, right, would be a one of Saul's property, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. just like a wife, though. 
would be widowed, yeah? Yes. So no owner, no, you know, master, or She's if you will. She's free to go. Okay. But Ishbosheth so wouldn't have taken her because... What's also the custom? They can be married off to relatives, right? A yes. relative can come in and, and pick them up or something. But A relative of, of the husband or whatever. Um, actually, he could. She would. She belonged to him because all of Saul's property, technically, would have been turned over to the next king, whoever was coming. Whether or not he went into her to be intimate with her is another exactly. matter altogether. Yes, that's what I mean, though. But the fact that she belonged to him, that's, that's more so how it, for a kingdom. Now, remember, beforehand, they said if, uh, if someone has left a widow, another... Um, Family member come in, the one that has the right of redemption, come in, redeem them, raise up heirs for them, et cetera, et cetera. However, they asked for a king. Yes. Consider this. So that means the game has changed. There are new rules in play. Does it relieve the, the common customs? No, the commoners, if you will, the, the servants or the, what are they called? So we would say in today's terms, right, someone's constituents. Yes, it didn't relieve them of that, or keeping subjects. that part of it. The subjects keeping that that part of the covenant. However, the king is going to kind of operate differently. No, Uncle Abner, you can't just come in and go, I'm taking this woman because it's a part of the kingdom. It's a part of, these are his riches. Like when they talk about how rich David was, what is one of the things that they list? His wife. All the women all that he had. Women, when yes. they talk about Solomon's wealth, they list all the women. Gold, silver, servants. Wives and concubines. That's yes. a part of his property. So that property, when a new king comes into play, that king gets all the property. Now, if he wants to give it to another, he can. But he doesn't have to. It's, it belongs to him. And whether or not he became intimate with her is something different. That's he shouldn't do that because exactly. that, that's inappropriate, right? Yes. But he would put them away. And they can find another job. They're not going to bear sons or whatnot for that king, but because they're their father and son, but it's still his. So Abner helped himself, and he should not have. So that that tells you he did not respect Ishbosheth, and as a, he was using him as a puppet, as you stated. As you stated, right? Which was accurate. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, especially being older, having been a part of the the ruling part of the kingdom mm -hmm. for some time. Right, knowing all the intricacies and how the kingdom was run prior to Abner attempting to establish Ishbosheth as the king, right? Yes. So, yes, but the entirety of that is, while he may not be the the figurehead, as it were, he clearly wanted the power and authority that comes from having that role. Mm -hmm. He's the commander of the army, and he probably had a little attitude of "You owe me." Because David could be here, here any right. second and take this over, but quote unquote, I made you king, right? Yes. yes. So, um, and like you said, he's older, almost like an uncle to Ishbosheth. Because Saul was more probably his cousin, his first cousin or so. Yes. So clearly, he's older, and so he probably had some entitlement on multiple sides. However, yes, like Bowie also pointed out. Charles. Charles, <laughs> yes, excuse me. <laughs> like, as Charles pointed out, clearly he was upset with what he'd been accused by. 
what he what he was caught or caught or the fact accused, that right. he said something yes Ishbosheth was right in what he said absolutely but Abner was like how dare you don't you know you wouldn't have this kingdom if it wasn't for me let me show you that that's the Kamisha version of what <laughs> I, I, I mean the the accusation of sleeping with his father's concubine yes so whether that happened or not is not stated so just the accusation alone clearly upset him and yes it caused him to, interestingly enough, come into the side of right. Mm-hmm. What he knew all from his own words, what he knew all along, was transferring the kingdom uh, to David, mm-hmm. which I, I find extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. You knew this was right all along. You were going against it, but now, when it doesn't play out the way you had envisioned, or Abner had envisioned, mm-hmm. now it, it causes him. To come into the side of right, while not completely, yes. Motives were not good. Exactly. But so not complete obedience to the Lord and to His will. Um, the other thing you brought up, Kyla, was about uh, David not trusting people. And yes, Layla, you are accurate in what you said of David. Right, is all about forgiveness mm-hmm. and moving on, as he should be. However, yeah. let's let's look at this. He was wise. Mm-hmm. He sets out a, a test, if you will. Okay, uh, I'll make a covenant with you, sure. However, you have to prove yourself. You have to do something. It's not that he, uh, he may or, David, that is, may or may not have known where his first wife was. But you know who was going to know. So it was, okay, bring her to me. That's that's still his, his wife, his property, right? Yes. So... There is a, a test or a, I'll say a way for Abner to prove himself to David, to his loyal, you know, that he's going to be loyal to David. So there is some wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that's purely from human perspective. Because mm-hmm. it's also David's custom, his tradition, his habit, the pattern he's established in his life to seek the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do I trust this one? Right. And then what else does he typically say? Okay, well, God judge between you and me. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to come in peace. You say you're coming in peace, but God's going to be the judge. So if you say you're coming in peace, but you're not, I'm going to let the Lord deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I just want to make. So while that's not listed here, mm-hmm. that that should almost be a given because that's something David, in his his time of following the Lord, has set as a pattern. But you also see the absence of that. When he's not following and being obedient to the instruction of the Lord. Yes. So, just want to point those things out. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, women are not property. Correct. We're speaking in terms of what was the custom of that at day. the time. So, yes. no, women are not property, but this is how, how things were done in, with them amongst these people and in times past. Also, consider this. David... And what is God's way? <clears throat> if we, we already saw that God was increasing the strength of David's house and the strength of Saul's house was failing because God had already made his choice. He already made a statement, said what he said. Um, David could have tried to come in there by war, but the Lord has already given him an instruction of peace concerning them, right? Because yes. you see him going all of this time God didn't want them broken and torn with each other. He wanted them whole and to be one. So 
the Lord ministering and walking with David and David walking with the Lord, but ministering through David brings peace versus going, I'm stronger now. You know, I'm going to come over there and take it by force. I'm going to run through this, run through Israel with my tribe, right? Versus waiting on the Lord like he's been doing, allowing the Lord to bring it to him and Holy Spirit goes, okay, look, you see this opportunity right there? They don't know what they're doing, but God's got it. So, But also fulfills scripture, right? Where it says, even your enemies will be at peace with you. When your ways are pleasing to the Lord. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you see that exact, I'll say, fulfillment of Scripture in this situation. That's not the only one. It's not the only time that Scripture is filled. That's, that's a promise. Mm-hmm. That's for all of us even today. Absolutely. But you see proof of it here. Mm-hmm. That's the, the point I wanted to bring out. Absolutely. That's a good point, honey. Yes? Um, what else? I was I'm I'm still confused as to why David wants Michael, why he wants her. However, from the side of he earned, that was something that belonged to him in the way of she was his wife, and they took her away unjustly, and then gave her to another man for what, ten years or so. I mean, how long, long time this at was? This point. Yeah, but you know. That that happened. That was that's interesting. That he's he keeps going. Give me, give me my prize. Give me what I what I won. It doesn't necessarily say that he loved her or you know what I mean, like had love for her. But he keeps. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just curious about it. I, so I'm interested to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. Right, if you will, um, because Abner was clearly involved with that whole. Mm-hmm. Of the kingdom under Saul at that time when um, they took her and she was given away. So it's almost like there's a restoration there. Mm-hmm. Like the same person that did the wrong was being utilized to restore the things that were taken. Mm. And Ishbosheth even cooperates with it as though he was David's servant already. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is interesting. But I also feel like. David taking wanting to take Michael back is also a fulfillment of his promise to Jonathan that he'll be kind in what he said to Saul, he'll be kind to the house of Saul. And I don't think that's necessarily what the Lord intended for David and Michael to be together forever, but there was still that connection to the house of Saul, and she was Jonathan's sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they treated him kindly when he first came in. Mm-hmm. She did love him. Uh, that's what the scripture says, that, that she loved him and it pleased Saul. So he said, okay, that works. After the first one that he should have gotten for yes. killing Goliath was given to someone else. Um, okay, but the the curiosity I have comes because Michael... Other people? No, she brings in a source of division. She brings with her something that's not right and peaceful from the lord and so by bringing her back he also invites that back into his household and um the divisiveness the dissension the fighting and the quarreling all of those things that she's now been accustomed to being a part of her 
daily life and an inherent dislike for David, where she may have loved him at one point when he was a champion. But when you spend however many years listening to what was likely going on and being said about David, the fact that they were hunting him repeatedly, et cetera, et cetera, how, how would that have impacted her? How could that, you know what I mean? And then bringing that into his household, to me, is like, oh, you're inviting that, that trouble in. So just, just looking on the perspective of being mindful of what kind of things we entertain in our home. The, we are people of one husband. <laughs> one husband for the ladies, one wife for the gentlemen. Absolutely. That, that's what God desires from us. However, the spouse that we choose should not be who we choose. It should be who God chooses. Because when you choose, who knows what you're going to get. Who knows? And it changes moment to moment. Absolutely. But when the Lord chooses, the Lord says that he makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. So he's not going to burden you with a spouse that is unloving towards you or doesn't understand the call and the role that God has for you that doesn't understand you that doesn't like your family he's not going to bring those things to you because they are trouble it inhibits and interferes with the enjoyment of the blessing that he's given you so and then further it shifts your focus off of the lord absolutely so why would he do why would the lord do something that would lead to that mm -hmm. he wouldn't as against his nature and his character he intends to bless his or he, I mean, he blesses both the just and the unjust, but every good and perfect thing comes from him, from above, the Father of lights. Mm -hmm. No deviation, no shadow of turning. Mm -hmm. So he gives good gifts, and having dissension or a little bit of ought feeling or that, that vibe in your home shouldn't be there. It, it's not a gift from the Lord. It's not peace from God because he does bring peace. And then think about when children are brought into the, the subject, when there's already dissension or, you know, so just looking at it from, from a perspective of seeing time past, if you will, and understanding what, what will happen as a result of that kind of discord being brought into the house and the home. You know, then her, husband's, her husband that she's been living with for the last... 10 years or so doesn't mention if she's if she's had children or given birth to them he's following her down the street crying so did they no, have not down the street this is from dan to to beersheba which is literally the most northern part of israel to almost the most southern part of israel like the entirety of the country from top to bottom is how far he followed her so he's lamenting her they were probably close. Mm -hmm. and, and by, I mean, city of Dan to city of Beersheba. So that was quite the journey that he wept after his wife down the street, even though she was David's wife first. And right. he didn't relinquish her. No, he didn't. Um, but because of the situation, they were divided. So it just something I will be looking for the Holy Spirit to uncover more as we go through the word and, and see what happens as a result of her presence. And um, also another thing that I'm tracking is, you remember we talked about um, in 1 Samuel, a couple, couple chapters 
before the end where David was doing these raids. Yes. And what seeds did that sow into his his future, his destiny, and what the the enemy's goal is to get as much trouble into your life as he can. He can sow a seed of discord now and hope to reap a harvest later, right, and derail your future. I know that probably, does that sound strange to you all? No. Okay, so as you, as you look at a lifetime and you go, well, what happened? How did a person get from here to there? It's important to see all the places where doors were left open, entryways and entry points for the enemy in their life. So I'm kind of, I'm looking at that as we go. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we as believers should make sure we give no place to the enemy, no foothold to the enemy, right? Keep every door shut, every window locked. So that way he is not able to sow seeds of sorrow, disobedience, discord, failure, any of those things into our lives. So we can go straight and walk the course with the Lord and inherit and reap where he told us to reap, to reap the blessings that he has for us. And and beyond that, right, we talked a little bit about confession, mm-hmm. right, our confession mm-hmm. uh, yesterday and, and in the past. But it's also about the doors that we've opened through the power of our words. Mm-hmm. So if there are doors that we've opened, we need to, I'll say, have those, command those words to fall dead to the ground in the mm-hmm. name of Jesus. Absolutely. So that way, again, there is no foothold for the enemy to mm-hmm. come in and, will have a foothold. There's no place for the enemy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's important that we keep the door open for the Most High God, for the Holy Spirit to come in and work on our behalf, for the ministering angels who hearken unto the voice of God's word. Right? He's already, God yes. has already said what he said. It's finished concerning us. We put his word in our mouth and declare it. And it gives them fuel, if you will. It gives them permission to intervene on our behalf and to help us. That, that's where the divine favor comes in, right? The Holy Spirit ministering in people's yes. hearts, the ministering spirits going and helping us in situations, keeping the door open for, for God, right? And keeping it shut to the enemy. It's so important. It's so important. And it's not something that we should be ignorant of and or take lightly. We are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. The people that we have in our life have a direct implication and in their a direct impact. Right? Yes. yes. So that should be governed by the Lord. We shouldn't take a friend. We should certainly shouldn't take a spouse without the Lord going, that's who I set my, my blessing on. That's who I choose. That's, that's what I want. And the moment he says no, and I'm not saying God said no about Michael, but the moment he says no to us about anything, that should be the end of it. You may ask him for wisdom and counsel to understand and see what he sees, but insisting and persisting in a particular direction, don't do it because he's telling you no for a reason. Okay? Yes. yes. One other point I want to bring up that um, I thought was interesting having to do with David and Abner mm-hmm. uh, and Kyla's thing of, you know, where's where was David's wisdom in inviting him back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or making covenant with him. Mm-hmm. After Abner fulfills or proves his, um, I'll say, newfound loyalty or his return mm-hmm. to establishing, mm-hmm. um, I'll say, order and uniting the kingdom under David, uh, or at least laying the groundwork for that, the foundation, um, David's response is, is very 
Interesting. He has a feast. Mm-hmm. And then when it's, it's over, he sends Abner away in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, right? It reminds me a lot of, say, the, even the prodigal son, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, where when he returned, there was a feast given. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he, was, he was dead, now he's alive, right? The prodigal son, that is. Yes. But then, um, you know, again, David shows, yes, restraint. He, he shows forgiveness mm-hmm. and sends him in, away in peace. Mm-hmm. Saying that, like, things were good between them. Sure. He wasn't holding grudges. He wasn't um, going to, to be unforgiving towards him, but showing love and compassion and, and forgiveness as mm-hmm. we are supposed to. So showing mm-hmm. the nature and character of Christ, even to someone that had been against him for so long, mm-hmm. is it, significant. And just because he made a feast for him and he said, we're, we're going to be okay, doesn't mean that he made him the commander of his army. No. Yes. Doesn't mean that he did any of those things. But allowing God to have control of the situation and just, I call it being easy, just walking with him and just, just letting him direct exactly. the path and, and guide the course and allowing him to bring about what he wants to bring about. God knew what was going to happen. And when we, when we walk with the Lord, we don't have to be afraid that he is going to make a fool of us. We don't have to be afraid that he is going to leave us in dire straits or despair. Even when he says, come out and walk with me in the wilderness, he still takes care of us. Right? He still provides for us. We saw our Lord and Savior have to go through some, some hard testing in the wilderness, right? Yes. But God didn't leave him. He made a place for him. And the Lord said... He was going to make a place for us mm-hmm. it's in heaven. Mm-hmm. But also, he has a, a place, a role, a position, a, uh, a promise, mm-hmm. and a plan for each of us here. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. It's in this life. Mm-hmm. We have to come into that. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with him hugging his brother and welcoming him, welcoming him back. It doesn't mean that he gave him the keys to the kingdom. So we can both forgive and walk in love as well as use wisdom. Okay? God has an obligation, and it was his idea before it was ours, to protect us. So trust him. You know, be free in that. Freely forgive because you were freely forgiven. Doesn't matter what they did. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter how you feel about it. It matters what God said. So... Forgive. Do what God asks you to do. Give them a clean slate and then listen in how you interact with them. Listen as in to the Holy Spirit, not negative emotions. You resist those and refuse them and rebuke them and cast them out in the name of Jesus. Negative emotions and thoughts and feelings. But listen to the Holy Spirit and just walk in love. Trust God and just do what he asks you to do. That didn't mean he invited him for a sleepover and gave him the house next door to him and mm-hmm. made him the commander. He didn't do any of those things. He sent him back to his own home. Mm-hmm. Yes. But said, I find no fault with you. I'm not, we're not at odds. We're, we're, we're okay. We're good to go. And now the relationship can begin to be, I'll say, repaired, restored, mm-hmm. and improve. Mm-hmm. Abner can have time to show himself faithful. He can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this perspective, this, these actions gives Abner the time to do that. And we'll see in a moment what, what happens to him. But yes. from David's perspective, 
yes, I'm not rolling you in and, you know, setting you up and making you comfortable here, but I'm going to, we're at peace. And now we have time to build that bond. Like, like you said, sweetheart. Okay. Well, let's continue. Mm-hmm. Um, can I get a volunteer to read verses 22 through 30? I will. All right, Thank Kyla. you, Kyla. At that moment, the servants of David and Joab came from a raid and brought such much spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron. He was sent away, and he had gone in peace. When, da- when Joab and all the troops that were with him had come, they told Joab, saying, Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king, and he sent him away. And he, was gone in- and he has gone in peace. Then Joab came to the king and said, What have you done? Look, Abner came to you. Why is it that you sent him away, and he has already gone? Surely you realize that Abner, the son of Ner, came to deceive you, to know you're going out and you're coming in, and to know all that you were doing. And when Joab had gone from David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner, who brought him back from the well of Sarah. Mm-hmm. But David did not know it. Now when Abner had returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately, and there stabbed him in the stomach so that he died for the blood of Ashahel. His brother. Afterwards, when David heard it, he said, My kingdom and I are guiltless before the Lord forever of the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and all his father's house, and let there never fail to be in the house of Joab one who has a discharge or is a leper, who leans on his staff or falls by the sword, or who lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because he had killed their brother Ashael at the at Gibbon in the battle. Gibeon mm-hmm. in the battle. Sorry. So you see two dichotomies here. You yeah. see David, one where he walks in forgiveness and allows grace and peace towards someone who, which that action keeps his house and his kingdom guiltless. And then you see the other one who takes refuses to forgive because they all have the same covenant. They all know the same rules. He refuses to forgive and takes vengeance upon himself, and now his household will bear the brunt of that for forever. And at the very least, himself, because now he looks like the king is like, man, you're not trustworthy. Yes. He was so angry, he allowed himself to speak rashly to the king there's one. Two, he did something that was unnecessary, it was unloving, and it wasn't right. It wasn't, but let's look back, right? Where was that seed planted? Mm-hmm. Yes, at the death of his younger brother. I thought it was more so in the cave. But rewind, no. Nope, nope. Rewind. It says very pointed because of the death of Esahel, his brother. So... At that moment, unforgiveness. Oh. And he never dealt with it clearly. And now you see what it's produced. Mm-hmm. And now it not only affects him, but it affects his entire house. Generations. David cursed that family. Now... We as believers are not subject to anyone else's curses no. or anything, anything like that. However, when you choose to open the door to the enemy, what does he bring with him? 
curses? The curse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why do you think Moses said, today I set before you life and death, blessing and the curse, and then implores us, admonishes us, encourages us, choose life. Choose life. That you may live. Here's the answer you to the test. You and your generations after you. Mm-hmm. But here, Joab didn't choose life. And, well, now the door is open. I mean, you can find all these things that, that David said are listed in the curse side of Deuteronomy 28. And Leviticus yes. 26. Because you do these things, because you refuse to be obedient to the Lord, all these things will, over, will come upon you and overtake you. It talks about diseases <laughs> that are plagues, curses, poverty, um, being killed. All of those things are listed on that, that back half of Deuteronomy 28. And back half, it's like 50-something verses in, cha- in Deuteronomy 28. It's, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's two-thirds of the chapter. You know what? Good is simple. It sure is. Good is simple, but sin is complicated. It sure is. What was it the thing that you always say, right? It takes you further than you want to go. That's right. and keeps you longer than you want to stay. That wasn't mine. I got that from my, okay, my well, pastor. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. But, but it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's a good saying. It, it is true. Because you think it's just, oh, is this just one action? Nope. We, we just discussed a few moments ago that it the enemy... It wasn't just one action. There was a seed. It, it had time to grow. All right. So in yeah. other words, it was fed. It was watered. Right. And then he, he plotted. He sent messengers after him. He knew exactly what he was going to do to him. I mean, like the whole thing. That's just in this situation here. Never mind that this is this has taken time. The years had passed, right? We just read about that in the previous chapter, how it took how many years? Seven years and six months. Yep, seven years and six months for David to get the kingdom. To to be united as the the king of all Israel. So there were clearly some years in here. Some time had passed. So you see just how far it took him. That simple act of unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. We are required to forgive. The Lord commands it. Yes. You see, especially in Jesus' time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If you do not forgive, then my Father in heaven won't forgive you. Will not. Absolutely. Will not. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's imperative. It's a command. We must you see that same thing exercised through Jesus in the middle of the very act of being murdered, crucified on a cross. Mm-hmm. Yes. While he was being crucified, forgave them. Yeah, because he, like unlike everyone else, he had no sin, truly. Not just sin that was undiscovered, so nobody knew about it yet, but he had no sin. So no one had a right, the enemy had no right to kill him, right? Yes. And we know that the Lord allowed him to be the payment for our sin and to suffer on our behalf. And Jesus willingly did so. But he was truly, truly innocent. Never a lie. Never a little bit of sneaking. None of those things. So while he was truly innocent and being murdered, he forgave him. You guys get mad over a crumpled piece of paper. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
when you, you when you yourselves have stepped on or crumpled someone else's paper. But, but look, mm -hmm. look at how far this took him because as we were talking yesterday, even in the moment, right? He, as in Joab and his brother Abishai, showed grace to Abner. Even like that day. Uh, to Abner, right? They just they showed grace to Abner even after Abner had killed their brother in battle. Mm -hmm. They could have just continued to pursue him, right? Because that was their, their plan the whole time. We're, they were going to pursue him and all his people until they killed every last one of them and completely mm -hmm. rid the enemy. Instead, Abner called out, and they showed him grace in they that did. moment. And now it's taken him so far as to, when there's peace, right, peace between the king and peace uh, between the king and Abner, mm -hmm. David and Abner, he goes against that mm -hmm. and takes blood. vengeance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did have questions about that. Okay. Why? Sure. I get it was his brother, but why would you get so worked up over that? It happens in war. You understand that concept when you sign up to be in the army. Should have so understood. And if you were afraid for your brother's safety, you should have made him stay with the supplies mm -hmm. instead of going with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he's seen many of his close friends or maybe even other relatives die in battle. But I don't get why it was any different. I get he was the baby of the group. And looking at my younger siblings, I'd be like, when people talk like, oh, talk smack and they want to try to pick a fight. I'm like, if I don't hit him, nobody else gets to hit him. I'm going to hit you. <laughs> okay. Look at all that. <laughs> okay. But I get that, like the protective nature, but I still don't really understand why he got so, they got so worked up. Well, he was a soldier. He was. And Abner tried to show him mercy. He said, hey, stop, stop trying to follow me because I don't want to kill you. Because clearly he respected Joab. He said, how would I face your brother if I, if I have to do this? So please turn aside, get one of these other guys, little, these young guys over here, take their armor be satisfied with that, but he would not listen, and he said it to him twice. So clearly, Asael was going was intent on killing Abner. So Abner was going to defend himself, and mm -hmm. he had more skill and more strength, clearly, and prevailed. Um, so he did respect his brother, and you're right; he should uh, Joab should have understood. But when the enemy comes to whisper, right, yes. or and or a person is intent on being angry. They really don't need a motive, right? Yes. When a person intends to be angry, the enemy is like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's have this conversation. You know what they did? Don't they? They did this to you. They did that to you. Don't you remember this and how you should repay? You know, there's that law. He's not in a city of refuge. You know, you can go ahead and take vengeance and get him back. And who cares that the king said? And if that's someone's intent, are they really capable of having a rational conversation? And listening to wise counsel or do they mm -hmm. refute it throw override it throw it out of the way in order to do what they want to do now looking back at verse 22 it says at that moment the servants of David and Joab came from a raid and brought much spoil with them mm -hmm. this little habit that they started when they were living with the Philistines of going out on raids and getting spoiled was wrong. But you see, he's continuing in that because, hey, he gets some loot out of it. He gets some, some prizes that he didn't have to work for. All he's got to go do is fight. 
does that breed someone who wants peace and is thinking of the things of God? Or does that continue to sow that little seed of discord, that little tapestry being woven from, from however many years ago that was? Right? Yes. And they're still carrying these same behaviors. So you cannot be good and bad, hot and cold. This is what's coming up on the inside of this man. This young man, old man, however, you know, middle yes. of the middle of the road, his however, age is. Yeah, however, yeah. whatever age Joab was. But this has something to do with it. So David, when he, while he dabbled in that stuff and still and clearly allowed them to continue to go out and do that, there's a penalty. Now these people, well, you came back to the Lord, but the rest of your crew is still in a different place. And his actions caused him to miss out on the reconciliation that had just happened between David and Abner. Mm -hmm. However, it's deeper than that, because, well, it's his place, as in Joab's place, to come into alignment with whatever the king says. Mm -hmm. Clearly he refused, and then was deceptive, mm -hmm. and went around the king or behind the king's back to carry out his own actions, plans, whatever. So with disobedience. But that's the same thing David sowed. Exactly. Was it King Akish? Yes. That yes. he was, making air quotes, quote unquote, working for, yes. but was going behind his back. And killing his subjects. And killing all of them. And doing nothing good. So Joab was like, hey, got to play from your book, David. Thank you. I'll just go ahead and get what I want and take care of this behind your back and do what I want to do. So you see discord and dissension in David's house, his kingdom. With a complete disregard or didn't even think out the process of, yes, he was there, but what was he there for? And what was Abner's purpose? Uh, that's why I mean by he. What was Abner there for? What was the discussion? Right, so that he could come into alignment with it. Because Abner was to be utilized to help unite Israel under David. Mm -hmm. So now there's the potential, right? Of course, the Lord's plan will not fail. Absolutely. However, and I don't mean to, I'm not negating what I'm saying is in the Lord's plan will never fail. But from human perspective, it would have derailed the plan. Because now there was no one to unite Everyone under Israel. Or the entirety it, of the kingdom, all the tribes. Or would it paint David in a bad light, saying he sent one of his messengers to kill? There's that Abner. possibility as well. Again, these are human perspectives. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, the Lord's plan doesn't fail. His word's going to come forth, right? He and already it's knew what was going to happen. Yes. And accounted for this. Exactly. However, we should be aware of this in our ourselves. Mm -hmm. Seeking the Lord. Coming in line with... His plan, his purpose. And while jo Joab was out on raids, where was he not? Defending the king? With his king. And if but, Abner was the criminal. Right, which is the exact thing that mm -hmm. both David of them had accused Abner of. Being you worthless. weren't there protecting your king. So Abner, I mean, Joab was out on spoils when he should have been at the king's side. Especially if he knew this adversary was lurking around, right? Yes. And was as yeah. bad as what he said. Why wasn't he there? Why wasn't he in his place and position? 
not out trying to get something for himself. Hmm. Be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Be obedient to the Lord. Don't try to take things and snatch gain for yourself. When we're, we're told to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and in due season, he will exalt us, right? Not we will exalt ourselves. Let's continue. Can I get someone, a volunteer, to read from 31 to the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, promise. promise. Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes, greet yourselves with sackcloth, and mourn for Abner. And King David followed the coffin. So they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king sang a lament over Abner and said, Should Abner die as a fool dies, your hands are not bound, nor your feet put in, into fetters. As a man falls before a wicked man, so he fell. Then all the people wept over him again. And when all the people came to persuade David to eat food, while it was still day, David took an oath, saying, God do so to me and more so if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. Now all the people took note of it, and it pleased them, since whatever the king did pleased all the people. For all the people went, and all Israel understood that that day that it, that it, it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner the son of Ner. Then the king said to his servants, Do you not know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel? And I am weak today, though anointed king. And these men, men, the sons of Zariah, are too harsh for me. The Lord shall repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. Mm-hmm. So have questions or comments or anything you want to share that the Holy Spirit revealed on that part of scripture? Um, I find, kind of found it interesting that it says, so Joab and Abishai, they both killed him. That's me paraphrasing it slightly. Mm-hmm. But then David says, the Lord shall repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. I was wondering why became singular instead of plural? Well, let's look at scripture, right? Were they in agreement? Yes. So yes, there were two, but they were in one accord, right? You see this multiple times throughout scripture where they gathered in various places where it may say that they gathered one out of every ten, ten out of every hundred, hundred out of every thousand men, right? But it says how they were in agreement in unity and operating in one accord as in one body, right? One mind, one voice, complete accord. So they were as one. Okay. So you Mm -hmm. see this, uh, uh, that's one example. Uh, Another one is uh, in Acts, when they're receiving the Holy Spirit, right? It says the same thing. Uh, So similar, how they were in agreement, in one accord, Mm -hmm. with one mind, and in one voice, 
continuing in prayer, right? Yes. As one. Mm-hmm. Whereas one person may have taken the actual knife and stabbed it into his stomach, but two people were co-signing on it. They, they participated in it as well. And that just kind of lumps them together as one. Yes. Okay. Does that answer your question? Does that make sense? No? Yes. Okay. And God knows who's who. He sure does. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, honey? I was going to read to you Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 through 37. Okay. Again, you have heard, this is the Lord Jesus talking. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So while they have a custom of taking these oaths before the Lord, because this is part of their language and their, their custom, it is not something that we should practice as believers. We, uh, we see what our, our Lord and Savior says about it. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Because anything outside of that is from the wicked one. It's from the evil one. So um, don't make a habit of, of doing those kind of things. You know, I understand David was trying to convey something um, grave, something heavy or weighty to the people and that he meant what he was saying. However, uh, that's not God's best. It's not his perfect will for us. And that is our desire to see the kingdom of God come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so I just wanted to just make sure that you're aware of that because you see a lot of it, especially in the Old Testament in particular, people swearing by God and taking oaths and God do so more so to go God do so to me and more so also if I Whatever you know is, fill in right. the blank yes. and um, you know that's not God's best he doesn't he does not want us to behave that way he just wants us to be people of our word so in that he was operating under human terms perspectives and understanding exactly mm-hmm. yes the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart, mm-hmm. which, as your mother pointed out, was to convey the seriousness or the gravity of the situation, how he mm-hmm. felt about it, right? Thoughts, feelings, emotions, all that. And also to show his innocence that he had no part mm-hmm. in Abner's death. However, those are human ways and means of going about things. Instead of just letting the Lord be the Lord and revealed to everyone those things on his own. They would notice. He said, no, I'm not going to eat. They would see that he's not going to eat. It's not right. I'm standing my ground. I'm not going to eat until sundown. So, but, and to David's credit, you see the wisdom that he operated in by him maintaining, aside from swearing before God, he didn't need to do that. But in his actions, the wisdom of God and he was sincere in that. I, be, I believe he was sincere. Absolutely. Of making sure he mourned for Ab, Abner correctly and thoroughly, not treating him as waste or a discard, being complete in his forgiveness of him. Right? Yes. Being yes. thorough in that. 
displaying his love also brought the people together under him and support. Because if he had stopped at, at noon or whatever time it was while it was still day and started eating and going about his life, they'd have been like, hmm, did he really care about Abner or was this his plan from the beginning? Right? Yes. yes. So if he had, you see the ways where he acted rightly and righteously, right, according to the wisdom and the plan and the will of the Lord in forgiving Abner and sending him in peace, you know, right, displaying his love for him, forgiving him, et cetera, et cetera. But now also in his untimely and unjust death, um, mourning for him in entirety. Are you going to say something, sweeter? Well, this is also, I'll say, the third person that this happened, right? It's all, you know, Jonathan and now Abner. And now while Jonathan and David, yes, we're close. Mm-hmm. These are between Saul and in Abner. These were for a very significant length or period of time in David's life. These were his enemies. Mm-hmm. And he was mourning for them the same as he did for those that he cared about. Mm-hmm. So people are observing this mm-hmm. and seeing uh, David's nature and character, which is also the Lord's nature and character, which is not one would perish, mm-hmm. not the righteous or the wicked. But all would come into repentance. Exactly. That's right. So and this this morning is also, as your mother pointed out, and as the scripture says, unifying the kingdom because mm-hmm. they're seeing David's nature and character again without all the, I'll say the rhetoric or propaganda, whatever you want to phrase it of, mm-hmm. how David is and David being hunted for his life. But they're seeing him for who he is. Mm-hmm. His nature, his character. Yeah. Please don't ever be fooled into thinking that you can get God's plan accomplished by doing evil things. God does not need evil to be who he is. He sure doesn't. doesn't need sin. <laughs> To, to display righteousness. Does he understand the plans and the tactics of the enemy? Yes. And does he um, prevail over them and triumph? Yes. The uh, Proverbs, the chariot may be prepared for, for battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. He's going to win in all circumstances and cases. There's, there's no doubt about that. But he does not need us to help him out by doing evil, by doing something wrong. That That is not help to the Lord. Right? Uh, yes. That's not his way. It goes against everything he says, against his nature, his character. That is not everything. who he is. Absolutely. So do right and do righteously because that's what he desires from us. Yes, people are going to plot, right? Why do the nations rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? Why they do are the wicked keep on going and acting wickedly? However, the plan of the Lord will prevail. Absolutely. Does he exploit their, their attempts the trap that they set for us, they fall into themselves. Yes, but he's not using evilness to do his job. He's God. He doesn't need evil to do what he said he would do or to be who he, are, he is. He already is. Okay? So yes. make that clear and understand that. He would still comp- accomplish his goal without evil. Okay? Yes, sir. Does he turn the trap and spring it on the people that set it for us? Yes, he does. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we are pleasing to him, we're walking according to what he said. Okay? Yes. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. All right, well, let's stop there for today. Uh, So can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer? I will. Are we going to say something else, Mom? No.
Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God. We thank you for the wisdom that you give us and the sound counsel that you give us and that you make our path straight before our feet, God. We ask that you continue to guide us and throughout our daily lives, God, and that you continue to minister us as we go about our, the rest of our day. And I ask that you keep those that are listening, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, we love you. God bless mm -hmm. you, and have a wonderful day. God bless Bye. you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.